well, Brent is gay, gay. and Kaylin's gay, gay, and Clark is gay, yay. and Ryan's gay, yay. and Adam's gay. It's, it's Homo Superior. It's issue 118, or is it? <laughs> did you like that? I sang gay when you started. Yeah, I noticed it. I did. <laughs> it actually made me feel included. Here, have a cookie, Adam. Um, the reason I say it, or is it, is that Ryan and I discovered that I think we're off on numbering because we did issue 23 or 24 twice. Yeah. And so we're actually probably on 119. I, I went deep into the archives and then I was like scrolling through, just looking at our past, just reminiscing. Yeah. And um, it was it just, the, it was it just was the issue of one you of them yelling at Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, just wanted to remember that. Now it's an iconic one too. I thought mm-hmm. I fixed this long in ago. post. No, like long ago. I remember we I going back and f- we were changing the way all the titles worked. So I was going back and cleaning up all the titles, and so I thought I fixed this particular one where the numbering scheme. The first time the numbering scheme was off like this. And I thought it was around issue so 23. So on November 10th, we have issue 23. And November 17th, we have issue 23. I think I uploaded the same issue twice. It's, no. it, it's, it's really it's okay. Not. We cover a lot of Marvel comics, and their issues are sort of numbered the same way. They just repeat. Wait they a minute, back, They skip you numbers. You knew about this? <gasps> uh, and I thought I fixed it. Now I know. <laughs> now I know how the rest of Justice League feels. Whenever Batman reveals something, but but if Batman was incompetent, <laughs> yeah, exactly, he didn't actually solve his problems. Like I have a way of killing each and every one of you. None of them work. <laughs> it's like in uh, Vindicators, the uh, the guy that's always cleaning the shit off the floor. What's his name? Oh, God. Oh, Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Uh, noob, noob. Noob, noob. Noob, noob. noob. Right. Well, okay. So we could stay on the wrong track forever. Okay. And uh, upset uh, Clark or anyone who cares about consistency. Or we can write the ship I... and have like a missing episode. You know uh, what we need? We need a crisis on Infinite Earths to correct our continuity. Mm-hmm. Adam, I think you should be in charge of this. <laughs> All right. Let's take a vote. I vote for permanent incontinuity. Same. Yeah. yeah why Permanent not, incontinence. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. Constantly. <laughs> All right. You didn't so, have to raise your hand for it, Kayla. <laughs> hey, the listeners don't need I want permanent consonance. T. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. All right. Let's get into Dawn of X. So previously on Dawn of X, the New Mutants are reunited with Cannonball and Smasher, and they have to bring back Deathbird, who's going to advise Zandra to, uh, to assume the Shi'ar throne. Wolverine and Kid Omega find Domino uh, to be caught up in stasis in I, a... In this recap, I wanted to write, found her at a Texas Day Brazil. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> but I did not write that it down. Girl, no. <laughs> it's a much cheaper Churrascario. Um, and then uh, Psylocke, X-23, and Cable head to destroy the Overclock Cartel. And at this point, Professor X is still dead. Still fucking dead, dead, dead. So let's uh, go in the order of the comics that came out. So first it was New Mutants number three, then X-Force number three, then Fallen Angels number three. So New Mutants, you love the you love the youngins, Ryan. I do love the youngins. And this was, this played a big uh, homage to uh, 
bunch of them. It's literally talked about every generation of the the ones that weren't permanent X-Men, which yeah. I, I sort of loved. Um, so basically, in this issue, Armor sets out on finding the Lost Mutants. And the ones that she's really looking forward to is, because she apparently can't find Dazzler at a party. Um, is <laughs> that was so weird. And is that, is Bishop here? Yeah. He's like <laughs> been in everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you're dumb. Um, but so then, peculiar. so he, uh, they, she sets out on a mission with Glob Herman and those terrible twins that I refuse to learn their names. Matt, Manart, Man, 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 no, and Masha and Barton. Misha <laughs> um, Barton. <laughs> I love her. Um, so they set out and that to find Beacon Angel and all of their kids. The best ones. Can someone <laughs> describe what the difference is between Angel and Pixie? Yeah. Um, Are they power both fairies? No, Angel they, just has her wings and Pixie is a magical-esque okay, type yeah, character. She can, do, she can do magic. She can teleport. She can do a lot. She's got a soul dagger. She's she, Pixie has a lot more powers, actually. Angel um, and Beak are from the Morrison run. They were yes. part of the like the next generation of mutants, um, and they ended up falling in love and having kids, as we saw in Lots this issue. So Which, this must have been a great issue for you because it had your favorite Brent, Glob Herman. Not my favorite. Um, <laughs> shut up. He's your favorite now. And it had one of your second favorites, Boom Boom. Girl, boom, boom. She, and she was found in Sunspot's place just stealing shit. She was very funny. <laughs> I, I liked her addition. Did you love that Sunspot's room had posters of himself? Yeah, of course. Yeah, You should that's, see mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's posters of Chase. It's, no, it's, 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 <laughs> that's, no, that's me. It's that's also, ah! also posters of Sunspot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this that this issue, like I knew that it was going to go back and forth between the space adventures, where like the original New Mutants team plus Mondo and uh, Chamber were, mm-hmm. um, and the Earth adventures of like some of the other young mutants. But it's clear, like as even though I I, I kind of enjoyed this issue, um, Ed Brisson is a fine writer, but he's no D- Jonathan Hickman. So clear that he is not writing as big of a story as Hickman is. Yeah. So and, and just no, the but art it's, it's a wasn't. great space story that also includes a very extensive farm story. So I like, just it has everything. <laughs> it was. I do think that it, overall it was interesting. It was fun to like focus in on somebody else. Like I think see. I think the whole idea of Academos. I think that's what it's called. Is very cool. I think the this sexagon. sextant. Yeah, sextant. It is sextant. Uh, way too early for me to just randomly change over to this story. Like it just felt very out of it. Like I was like, I expect this like as a, either an annual or like an episode, like uh, issue five or six. Like for some reason I was like this, okay, who the fuck cares yeah. about this? It felt uh, uh, like fast to right. just go to this. I didn't mind it because um, I knew already that it was going to go back and forth between the space stuff and the earth stuff. Uh, I just think the quality of the writing like definitely took a dip. Like I was not like new mutants is quickly becoming one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. The last two issues are just like, like a lot of fun. Like I love the character involvement. I love the art. The art in this was fine. It was yeah. kind of weird. It was serviceable, but it was. It, was, it seemed off to me. Serviceable yeah. is a great way to describe it. It reminded me of that terrible art. Uh, I was it New Mutants before, or I uh, know it was Generation X. Oh yeah. Uh, where characters are leaning in at weird angles yeah. and faces are distorted. And oh, it wasn't as good as that. Like, that art, I thought, was really quite uh, talented. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the rest awesome. of us have working eyes. So, <laughs> that uh, perception like I have crazy. glasses, Brendan. Some sorry. of them, they're like, was that from a caterpillar's point of view? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Everything is fish eye. <laughs> um, oh, one thing that they did really do well is they really did do fan service. Like, so many, like, fanboys will complain well, what happened to this character? This series is literally, like, about, yes. like, yeah. we're going to find out what happened to those characters. Guess what? 
beak is fucking. That's yeah. right. It's the question everyone wanted to know. Well, a lot of people do ask about Angel and Beak. It's yeah. weird because it, they kind of just fell off of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, after Morrison's run was over, like so many other writers, like they just kind of like swept everything under the rug. And totally. the fact that they're bringing them back, I, I, I think is great. And I love the idea of like the sextant, like having all the various uh, uh, younger mutants. Like you've got Generation X, you've got... The Frost Academy, you've got the New Mutants, you've they got the Five. They separated them by all the different comic series that came out. It's I crazy. love it. And there's one that's classified. I wonder what that one is. Yeah. Ooh, what do you think is good? Um, a new series that's spinning out called Hellions. Oh, that's a good Maybe, guess. actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, I thought that the MMD, Munis Morticium Dementia, Okay. Was actually really interesting, <laughs> and I just Googled it while we were talking. Okay. It's not real. And I was oh, like, no. That was really well put together, though. I thought it was pretty interesting. But I did, I do find this whole new world of like, oh, by the way, here's the drugs. Now you're totally fine is very strange to me. It is, yeah. It really changes but the But it, it doesn't really universe. like, it's not the state. Thankfully, the stakes aren't, and we'll, we'll switch into X Force in a second where they actually have a great discussion about that. But yeah. like, Thankfully, I don't feel like the stakes aren't there. It's still just like a little bit weird to to me to like be like, oh, by the way, you're just cured. Like, yeah. well, do you want to talk about X Force since you really love that book? Uh, yeah, I do love X Force. Uh, so we are we get a lot of background on Domino. Um, so we find out exactly how she was basically cut in half and her eyeball was removed which is very disgusting mm-hmm. uh there's a mystery person Take all of her skin in her right eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like you think that like you think that you think that's like normal protocol like make sure to just take off one uh, part I think of the body rocket, rocket raccoon was there and he's like i want the eye <laughs> <laughs> uh so at, at the end of the day like they do break domino out there's a mystery person killing the surviving intruder of the attack uh there's a resurrected new xavier who tells the world go fuck yourself uh, and then the um, finally, we actually have a team summoning, yeah. which I thought was really cool and, and built up well. Like to me, this is a good third issue for this overall series because now we're past the prologue and we can get into like the real meat of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I uh, again, this conceptually, this is probably my favorite book. It, it isn't my favorite overall, but I always love the idea of like a, a dirty like ops type of a team um, within within the context of Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I the bad guys are named Zeno. Mm-hmm. And I looked I looked them up to see if they'd existed before and I don't think they have. No. The one thing I did when I did like just a quick Google search was there is uh, some group called Xenogenesists Genetis Geneticists, excuse me in Hickman's new Avengers run mm. uh, way back when, uh, when when they were dealing with the incursions of all the parallel worlds kind of like crashing into Earth-616. Really? But I don't remember that. Uh, it's it's the one where they had like the Justice League analogs uh, um, or the Justice Society analogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, um, I, I don't think they're linked at all. So I think Xeno is completely brand new. I mean, new. if... If we know anything about Hickman, he loves to reference his own writing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's a classic sense. narcissist. We yeah. know. That's right. That is makes there, a great writer. It, it could be, no, that's stupid. That's what? Stupid. Zeno's Let's Paradox. Let's talk it out. What? <laughs> Zeno's Paradox, which is about the turtle approaching a man, and it goes halfway. Uh-huh. And then it's going to have to get to you. It's going to have to go halfway again. And then it's going to get halfway again. But if it keeps going halfway, that means there's always still some portion yeah, where the turtle's go. never gotten to you, right? That's Wasn't Zeno's that? paradox. Oh, I thought that was the plot of Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, don't have anything to say to that? Yeah, um, but the only reason why I think of it is also because of the guy who's like got a peacock arm. Yeah, reminds me of uh, the Greek. 
goddess god Argus or the creature Argus. Oh, and they're creating these giant monster men. Uh, yeah. Argus like has the eyes, right? Yes. Creatures. Yeah. Um, and also half of Domino was chopped off. So, yeah. well, then, like at the end, it kind of <laughs> looks like the, I mean, he's obviously uh, helped her not feel pain, Quentin. But then at the end, it looks like her body's covered in tree branches. Yeah, it looks like like Krakoa is like sort of rebuilding her yeah. or something. You know, because Krakoa does everything basically. Basically, and all he asks for is a little life force in return. Um, so, <laughs> when do you think the Chekhov's gun, the Cerebro sword, is going to come back? Uh, <laughs> pretty fucking soon. <laughs> you mean the Cerebro sort of Damocles? Right. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? They've really created this new sort of element in all the Xbox that they can just explain stuff without showing it whatsoever in the info pages. Yeah. It's really crazy that they just started doing this. And uh, somehow I'm not like, I'm yeah. really because not it's mad like, about it. I'm me either. Yeah. It, I mean, I think it's, uh, again, it like it cuts down on certain exposition and can just show other stuff. Well, you're totally right about the uh, the fifth assassin because like, oh yeah, they all exploded and, you know, what's his name? Uh, not Priest. What the, life Giver. What the fuck is his name? Health. Health. No. Healer. <laughs> healer. 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 It's just Pre- healer. Oh, yeah. What I said was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they're like, oh, yeah, he's, like, super injured, but he'll be fine. We resurrected it's... him again. Like, it's just like, okay. Can I throw out a theory? Yeah. I don't think they actually were able to revive Professor Xavier. Yeah, I, I actually think that's right. I, and... I think it's just too quick. Yes. And I think that's probably Mystique. Because she's on the first cover of X-Force, and she has not been in this. Anytime Uh, they show Mystique, she's in a book. But they saw him wake up in an egg. Yeah, but maybe it went awry. Maybe it was maybe, just yeah. Like they like he looked freaked out, and then immediately like he's just fine wearing the helmet. Can uh, I say that if you've got teeth that have C four in them, mm-hmm. that would be the worst blowjob ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Disagree. Uh, <laughs> um, Below the, me. You don't know my life. <laughs> Can I say something? Um, I do think there's some credence to your theory, Ryan, mm-hmm. because I looked at the previews for issue four, which is coming out next <gasps> week. Cheat I did you. cheat. Uh, and Mystique is in it because Ooh. because they, they, oh. they've assembled a quiet council. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you could you could very well be right. Also, there there's a big giant swamp thing that suffocated the thing. What? Yeah. That, the the guy that suffocated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it looked like swamp. Oh, thing. that's what. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the panel. I couldn't tell if it was like someone just standing in front of a tree or if it was a yeah. weird man. So thing. let's talk about Fallen Angels. Let's... Brent, this is your favorite book. You wouldn't answer last week, so bitch, I'm giving it to I you. I knew you had no taste, you fucking piece of shit. A lot of very poorly drawn things happen. Okay, and uh, people tap into their anger, which is apparently supposed to help, able to help you fight. Uh, something, something, a path. That really is all that happened. Yeah. Nothing. So they so they fight. Cable gets captured. And, and a then, little trank thing goes into the back of his Yeah, neck. and then he's like in some sort of bondage thing at the end. It did. So what was really creepy was the a lot of the fights. The And I, you know, I feel like I'm always, I always hate uh, really commenting too hard on the art because like I can't fucking draw any of this for shit. But yeah, like, but you can't but you perform. Can't write either you can't perform brain surgery, but you know not to do it with a hammer. Okay, you're great. Everybody's. Well, I've great. been doing it wrong this entire time. But I, <laughs> I on the plus side, we did get a boob and butt shot of Cable shooting at things, which was very. Hot. Oh yes, that was a very weird. <laughs> that kind of I thought. Oh, Adam would like this spine twisting thing. And then on the negative side, though. Like X twenty three's panels, she doesn't look like her body is ever moving. There's no motion to it. It feels like it's static uh, CGI models. So cable um, rushing to be a bottom queen. Yeah, <laughs> yes, get it. Um, so I've tried to be very charitable to this book. Uh, I like uh, the the writer. He's written some really nice stuff. 
This is a very hard book to read. I yeah. completely just started like zoning out when I was reading it. Like my eyes like kept going off of the page because I think the art is very murky without like having a lot of redeeming qualities. Just this one in particular, though. I felt well, like the other issues were like okay. Mm, the first issue had some uh, redeeming qualities, but I feel like the like. Even then, it, like it just doesn't feel like it feels very static. That's because you're still thinking like, uh, worms, time to become a butterfly, mm. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a caterpillar. Worms don't become butterflies. Well, if you don't think like that, that's you'll never become a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going with this conversation? Uh, the overly ambitious worm. <laughs> but also, this book. That's what we should call you. <laughs> <laughs> As the worm turns. Uh, the <laughs> this book is also completely humorless. Um, like the other issues uh, of the other comics are very very like like they're fun to read there's a little bit of like just like good nature and charm to them there's like nothing it feels like uh it feels like the uh x-force book from the late 2000s that clayton crane was drawing i know like there are fans of that book but that book was hard to get to through as well dark for dark purposes only right well so that's why x-force is a dark book but it's still very interesting the dialogue is fun the character interactions are fun this yeah. is exactly what i don't want from like an x-men title. also i think we're concentrating way too much on psylocke apparently she's a poth's like mother yes but she's we giving advice to x-23 which is arguably a better character and fighter that's than what she i is. found so that's Th- what i hated it's i was so like annoying. she's a fucking super assassin like Quanon has been a cipher for so long, and I don't mean like Doug Ramsey type cipher, but she's just <laughs> been like a very, like not much of a character. She's only existed sort of as like the polar opposite or mirror image of Betsy Braddock. Right. For and yeah. I, I appreciate they're trying to bring her in to become her own character. Having a, another like non uh, Caucasian female is great. Having as a lead. But she's just not interesting. And but you don't have to butcher another character to make someone more powerful. 100% agree with that. Tell that to every single writer ever. <laughs> <laughs> All they had to do was make her like a fun and interesting assassin. And like instead, yeah. they made her this like super serious one yeah. that is not actually an interesting character. Yeah, she- and they're like, X-23, look at me. No, you look at me. No, this is how you fight. And you're like, <laughs> she knows. She could, she could be um, the more kind of developed X-23 that she was before. Like having the legacy of her dad being Logan and dealing with the history of pain and anger and violence and wanting to suppress that and still be a developed person and like communicate with uh, with Psylocke about like, well, what is the what is the nature of anger and how do I we best express it? And they actually have a dialogue and yes. work together to learn from each other rather right. than like, I will teach you and show you the yeah. way. Finger touch to the hand. Yes. Yeah. You now know. That's precisely right. how charming Kid Cable was in the second issue of X-Men uh, when he and Rachel and Scott. And he wants like, to get by those guns. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. First and second issue of X-Men. Uh, and like in this, it just feels like he's a very generic, like tough guy. The whole book is very generic. I Yeah, it's just the only reason I think we're going to keep buying it is it is part of the Dawn of X series. And. There is a grander story to be told, I hope. Uh, and I'm and hoping bringing in Husk and Bling will bring in some oh, yeah. levity to it and also just a difference. Unless, like, the character or the writer, like, completely like, fucks <laughs> up those characters. They're also very serious. Like, hey, we're here to kill things. You can't yeah. kick out a family member but just because you don't like them. Bling has an exclamation point in her code name, and she's got a father and mother that are rap artists. She's got to be fun. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. I'm with you. And the end. Let's move on. So uh, next week in uh, for Dawn of X, it's 
all of the books except for X-Men That's have an insane. issue. So it's yeah. like five issues, the fourth issue of all the books, so basically. So I guess major event happening then? Or uh, I don't know. I think it's just the way the timing worked. Oh, okay. And so it's just, it's crazy, like, that we're going to get so much. But New Mutants will, I think, go back into space. So it'll be like the Hickman. It's great. Uh, yeah. Let's do a lightning round on Strike Force. What do we like? What do we not like? Um, it was okay. Um, it was okay. I, I kind of spooky. Yeah, I like the ghost story aspect of it. I liked all the flashbacks. Um, this was actually my favorite issue of Strike Force thus far because they were actually characters talking about themselves instead of talking about the plot. I yeah. thought that there was going to be a much more interesting twist <laughs> when the big goddess girl is like. This is a lie. Yeah, all of this is a lie. Because okay. at the same time, Spider-Woman is going on about like her first time seeing the variety. Well, so just do a quick... What, what actually happened in the issue? Uh, so they all go to this spooky house that's owned by Dr. Doom. Spooky. Yeah, very spooky. And mm. Hey, this isn't spooky. They're, try, they're trying to figure out what to do. So they each go through and they're telling stories either about their interactions with some sort of shape or I guess they're all the rye or they think it generally it must have been them and so they've got these different weird stories and no one really does anything and nothing really happens (laughs) but at a certain point uh the Valkyrie uh goes Angela Angela (laughs) Angela Angela no it's not Glimmer's mom uh says you know, this is all wrong because the Vrai have never been here except after the War of the Realms. So you're all lying. And I thought that was going to mean like, <laughs> wait, have all these characters been replaced at some point in time, time in this story? Yeah. And then they just decided drink wine. And yeah. then one of the wine glasses shatters in Spectrum's, S- Spectrum's hands yeah. and d- death, death this becomes her. The so that's so funny as you were describing this recap, I was like, oh my god, this is just an episode. It's the Rick and Morty episode where they can't leave the house and all the characters are being total recall, total recall, the best episode of because it was like, wait a minute, that didn't really happen. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and new characters are coming in. Mister Poopy Butthole, (laughs) photography raptor. Um, it's okay. Like I. I could take it or leave it. Like it's a fine comic, but it's not like blowing my brains. Is out. it supposed to? Does the arc like? Was it? Can't have more than like three, four more issues. <laughs> I don't know. Blow my it's brains not out. blowing my, my brains, brains out. <laughs> well, it's not blowing my brains. It's not out. killing me. Um, yeah. Also, Hellstrom and his old uh, back in the day was very attractive. Oh yeah, no, Hellstrom was like a total snack. Totes. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer? Bump it up. Wait, that's no. That's not Blue Monday. <laughs> no, it's 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 the it's the New Order song. I know. Uh, You're the only one that was so excited. About I was that really movie. excited about it. Um, I think the trailer looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I think they definitely kind of captured the whole like mid '80s like yeah. theme, which no one's really been doing lately. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. uh, that you're usually doing like '83, so '84 yeah. is going to be, be a huge. '84. Different I think they use the same mall as they did in Stra- the third <laughs> season of Stranger right. Things. Right. They're not going to stop until every minute of the '80s is recreated. <laughs> it's going to take 20 years for there them to do that. There is going to be more footage about the 80s the in terms of actual actual we're like, time. Well, that's because we're like stuck in like rubber band nostalgia. Like all of the people that have also gained 
such comfort in like the internet have like published and pushed so much excitement for the eighties. That's like, it's never going away. Yeah. Well, it's like, like the tweet that I, I think I shared with you. It said, oh, I can't yes. believe 2020 years ago. Cause also 1980 was 20 years ago. It's so true. It feels that way. But the trailer looks like a lot of fun. Uh, you've got uh, Kristen Wiig uh, playing uh, Dr. Minerva, who's going to become the cheetah. And she's like got her full like shoulder plat- she pad. She looks so dumb. I love it. It looks great. <laughs> and then uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. I'm like, yeah. he looks ridiculous, but I'm so into it. I feel like the movie is going to be very tongue in cheek, which will be very enjoyable. Yeah, for uh, sure. How do you guys feel about the presence of Chris Pine? I'm glad they gave it away. Everyone knew he was coming back. Yeah. So you just have to reveal it in the trailer and just get it out of the way. My favorite question is like, well, how is he back? I'm like, uh, it's a superhero film about like Amazonians. Magic, you yeah. dumbasses. I don't know. I still feel like I watched him explode. I did. I wasn't. I, we, we literally saw his plane blow up and we saw him in the plane as it's blowing. Well, so, I, so I know magic. I know but obviously, you know, then that robs us, the viewer yeah. of that moment in the movie. But what it, if he's like a clone? I'm sure they'll figure some fucking clone. roundabout <laughs> yes, way. That, I, I like, would be okay if they travel. Was, he's, he's evil. She's <laughs> being uh, possessed in some by some way by magic I, and thinks he's there. I do find really. it very odd that like um, they wouldn't have used the opportunity to also push like a new. Because I, I think one of the things that's interesting about like male movie like led action movies versus like female is that usually the males stick around more i think i don't have any empirical proof well how many other stories do we have where females are the blow up in play uh, there's been eight resident evil movies <laughs> good point and how many of them have romantic interests um, i think there's actually she's like she kind falls of in love people. quite often yeah oh hold on also name one more <laughs> captain uh, marvel there you go name uh, that's not terminator a, the, terminator the newest one. But she didn't have a love interest, really. Just shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm trying to say. I understand, but I'm saying the reason why you don't have any empirics for it is because there sadly aren't enough stories where women are allowed to have recurring stories. Oh, you're either the action hero interest. or you're the damsel. Like yes. you don't get to have both. That's I mean, what I'm that, yeah. Well, yeah. why don't you just fucking say that? So you're saying Wonder Woman does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah. Reverse Bechdel. But it's like it is fresh yeah. because I'm like, this would have been a great opportunity. It's the fucking eighties now. They could have introduced like some other character. I'm sure Diana and the comics have had multiple interests. Like it could have been even a woman. Uh, it could I, have been a woman. I did have a moment of excitement where I saw that um they're walking around the Hirschhorn and yeah. uh, Wonder Woman says, it's all art, and then Steve oh, yeah. Yeah. looks that? at a trash can, she, she's like, that's just a trash can. And I'm like, yeah, because that's the art at the Hirschhorn. It fucking stinks as a museum, and I don't like it. I've even walked by that commentary. trash can. Like, I remember like watching that scene, I'm like, oh, I there. like the Hirschhorn remember, very much. Remember when they were shooting here? That was great. Yeah, they, sh- they shot at the old abandoned mall. Yes. In, yeah, like, the Fair, old Fair abandoned Fair. Hirschhorn, <laughs> by which I mean the Hirschhorn. <laughs> okay, the Hirschhorn's fine. I'd like the, to see... I'm one of the hashtag Hirsch haters. I did find it interesting <laughs> that like they I'm were Hirsch-horny. pushing um, Maxwell a lot more. Like obviously they're kind of si- saving a cheetah reveal, especially after their first trailer. I don't think they want to like uh, pe- they don't want people to, like tear it apart, whether it was good or bad. 
We haven't really seen any leaked footage of it or anything, so right. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. It. And also, Maxwell Lord is such an 80s character that yes. it makes sense that he is in a movie set in the 80s. Like, it, like when they try to bring him into like more of a modern setting, do you think he doesn't quite work. They'll have Blue Beetle just so he gets shot in the fucking face. Like yeah, in I do think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, do, I am looking forward to the fact that they're hopefully going to extend you know, Cheetah so that she like is in the next movie. So we get to see a longer development and relationship. No, no, they're going to kill her off. They definitely will. Unfortunately, but like that, you're right in the sense that I was like, that's a, the, there needs to be more throughput in DC's movies that if there's going to be the worlds of DC, Give me a narrative that I want to go see Wonder Woman 1994. I want to see Wonder Woman 2. (laughs) Grunge. 2004. Yeah. She's like dresses like Alanis. Do you think at some point she's going to run into the White House and spin and everyone's going to be typing at computers and she's going to spin her whip around and then throw it into the TV and it's going to shatter. and then They're going to sell Apple computers. Yeah, Apple. I do. <laughs> yeah, I hope. That's my That's number one cheap. prediction. Her body moves so crazy. When she is sliding on the floor, I'm like, are she you wearing, always slides Are you wearing full body roller skates? <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. You're right. She's constantly I, gliding along the floor. It's so cool. It's, it's the so 80s. Cool. Everybody wore full body roller That's skates. That's true, especially in All malls. of her armor right. has both zero friction and 100% friction. It's I so will, cool. I yeah. will say, like, I mean, she's so goddamn powerful. She fucking beat up Ares. And she's just fighting a bunch of random security guards in the White House. Like, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, she just like throw them scene. through. It's like, one scene, Adam. Like, no, they're but, not the big bad for Oh, no, no but sakes. that's true of like, that's true of every action. But like, it's always so interesting, like where these characters are like so strong. Yeah. And then they have to still like have the five minute action fight scene. Oh, with, like, of course. A bunch of people they don't give a shit about. Well, speaking of Worlds of DC really quickly, uh, they announced that the sequel to Shazam will be in 2022. And I think it would make sense for the two of them to like interact as characters. They they both have a bit of like the, a mythological, like mystical sort of uh, background, and I just think the aesthetic of both movies would make a ton of sense for them to interact. Well, and, yeah. a- and the Flash movie is still happening. They changed the dates though. Twenty two. Oh yeah. Okay. So with with right. with Ezra Miller. Yeah. Still, okay. Yeah. As of right now. All right. So let's talk about the penultimate episode of Watchmen. Right, so a god. Oh, oh no. Oh, god. A god uh, walks into. Oh, god. What? Oh, what? God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God is Oh, God, you? you devil. There is no God. So, first of all, spoiler alerts for Watchmen. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alerts? Spoiler alerts. <laughs> That's what I'm warning hey, them what, about. What award am I going to win for these spoilers? <laughs> no, no, spoiler warts. You're going to get warts. Uh, warts and all. Hey, so, I already uh, have warts. So if, if you didn't pick up on it, the the title is like kind of a pun or it's like whatever you want to say. <laughs> everyone did. Yeah. Yeah, it's everyone. No, I, I have a little thing. Me. Huh? I, I wrote up a little thing. Oh, right. Okay, say yeah. it. Say well, it. Say yeah. it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Well, I was going to do like a little recap thing. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler words. This week's episode, <laughs> number eight of Watchmen, titled Lindelof Runs Into a Pun, takes us back to the moment Dr. Manhattan met Angela in Saigon on the anniversary of her parents' death. The story jumps around. Through Let's s- Saigons be Saigons. The story jumps around through time as much she as Miss Saigon experiences. Blah blah blah. Fast future. We learn <laughs> Doctor Manhattan made a bunch of clones on Europa, and it's where it suns out, buns out. But he decides he wants to be a little bit more mortal, so he goes to his one-time assassin slash friend, Ozymandias. Doctor M gets a method for forgetting himself, and in return, gives Ozzy paradise on Europa. Back in the present present, Angela fights to defend a reawakened Dr. Manhattan who won the war in Vietnam but is about to be vaporized by a bunch of Trump-loving cousin fuckers <laughs> with a Nerf gun. <laughs> uh, oh, so I wanted to start us off with a quote from Angela. She said, if you know everything that's going to happen, what is there to be afraid of? 
what is there to risk? So my first question is, is Clark Dr. Manhattan? <laughs> he knows everything that's going to happen he, in this show. He, he does say when I'm talking to him, he's like, I'm not in this room right now. <laughs> I'm somewhere else. I mean, Clark <laughs> is Dr. Hoboken. <laughs> <laughs> and by extension, it is the show trying to make us into a Dr. Manhattan. By knowing everything, seeing things before they happen. Oh, my God. Anticipating right. them afterward. Oh, that's so, that's going to be some shit that Lindelof is like, that's what I meant that, to do. And that in this episode, when we jump around through time, yeah. the structure of telling a story in a TV show is much the same way that Dr. Manhattan sees things all at once and not before or after. So uh, a couple of things, and I'm going to uh, do a roundabout answer to your question, Brent. This mirrors uh, the fourth issue of the graphic novel which was the origin of Dr. Manhattan, which told everything kind of um, uh, in a nonlinear fashion because Dr. Manhattan experiences time all at once. You know, he says, I'm in... Uh, We all do, do we not? It's 1958. I'm in Gila Flats, Arizona. This is happening. It's 1964. I'm making love to Jenny Slater, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, 1965, I'm meeting, you know, um, I'm meeting Lori, Lori Jusipek for the first time. All that kind of stuff. Sorry, is it Jenny Slater? Jenny Slater was his first okay. girlfriend's name. I, Not Jenny Slate, the actress. Yes, okay. <laughs> Jenny Slater. Like, you made some faces at me while Kayla was talking. And I she was very slept with Captain America and Dr. Manhattan. Ah. God damn, she gets all the good D. She does get all the good D. Some blue D this time. Yeah. Um, but it also, uh, what I liked about this episode is it gives you an idea of why Dr. Manhattan is such a romantic. Uh, and... Uh, again, Lindelof is adding more dimensions to the character that Alan Moore created by giving a little bit more of a backstory for John Osterman when uh, him and his father like uh, flee Nazi Germany. They end up in England. They are uh, uh, there in a manner uh, uh, by a kindly uh, young couple who look like uh, Crookshanks and uh, Mr. uh, Phillips. Phillips. Um, Mr. Crookshanks. (laughs) Mrs. Crookshanks and Mr. Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) And John sees... It's uh, a great bane, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the bane of my existence. Uh, it's seeing the two of them uh, getting intimate with one another. And then they go and talk to him. And they were, they were like explaining to him, this was actually a really beautiful thing that you saw. You saw it. And it's like we're trying and to... And then he drops an apple. <sighs> Symbolism is tough sometimes. it's a little it's a little <laughs> it's it's, it's a, yeah you, are you playing the clark role this time <laughs> it's, i mean uh come on yeah adam and eve and there's an app oh, uh, yeah. all right continue uh, yeah so he's a servant for sure uh but it explains <laughs> why like even though he knows that certain things are going to happen a certain way he has to he has to go through the motions of these like sort of doomed romances and like these these tragedies and i i I really, really appreciated that. I liked that a lot. It was a surprisingly healthy relationship that they had. That yeah. they tried to explain to him, it, you know, it, you know, very much in the past, like, this is actually fine. We're not punishing you. We're not angry. Yeah. Um, I love, here's a Bible. And that for him to use the actual manner where he had this kind of moment as a sign of comfort because he is still in that time as a child. I thought was thematically interesting. It was. Also, um, Lindelof did uh, one of my favorite episodes of TV ever, The Constant in Lost, which was inspired by the fourth issue of Ah. Watchmen, which he now has come full circle and he's able to do his own version of a nonlinear storyline set within the Watchmen universe. Yeah. We're speechless. 
<laughs> no, I, how did no. You, how did you think Doctor Manhattan was executed as a character in general? Uh, really well. I, I it. liked it a lot. I I to Kalen's point. Um, I think it's just very fascinating to watch men now to watch them take the characters from the book that are so hard coded, at least in my brain from having read the book and be like, Oh, this can be something else. Cause I think like everyone's obviously biggest concern or frustration with the original movie was that it's just a recreation of the book that you could easily read. And I like, yeah. I always go back and forth cause I love watching stuff on, I just want good content to get out more. Yeah. So like if it was a recreation, I'm like, great. At least people can consume it now. But something was so, it was just so weirdly done that everything was the same, which was why it was like, besides Hallelujah as music. Well, the movie did a poor job of showing like how Dr. Manhattan exists. Yeah. All like he sees everything at the same time. Well, the perfect example of where it was such a fun experience uh, and just really settled it in was when he was talking to both... um, sister night as well as will and they were she literally was like did i fucking just cause exactly what i was trying to like stop or figure out that was crazy yeah did i do that like (laughs) we would all freak out it's awful it's it's a mobius strip regina king needs an oscar for going what the fuck or what's going on (laughs) motherfucker is my favorite did i do this or drink or drinking or walking or just doing anything in this series she's so uh, good when when he plays her favorite song that's not her favorite song yet Tunnel of Tunnel love of love oh, she goes oh my god that's not my favorite fucking song <laughs> i'm just which our, is our reactions to it like it's real what is it when he was like this is the moment I fell in love with you. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) It's right now. I I love another note of like, uh, to go back to the love story aspect of it. I loved so much where uh, she was like, if we know we're not going to be together after 10 years, then why are we even doing this? And he's like, uh, it'll just in tra- in in tragedy, and he's like, "Don't all romances end?" Oh, that tragedy. was really cool. Like, 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 I was like, oh, shit. Ah. Especially if you were this godly character and you wanted to experience it and you see everything, you're like, "Yeah, it does make sense." Yeah, that was uh, a really good line. Absolutely, and also like the the scene that's six months from after they meet and they're getting they're about they're making love and then they're go uh, like they start getting into the fight, and it's like this is when it yes. happens. This is when it happens, and she's like, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you to leave. I'm not like I don't want this to happen." He goes. We're, we're right in the verge of it. Now we're in it. And I'm like, I was like shattered. It's like like the inevitability of like, you know, like this, something really bad is about Which to happen. Which is all the dialogue before he comes as well. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. And also uh, uh, keeping on, this is, I'm going to play Clark now, of like too much illusions. Yeah. Is the fact that uh, uh, Adrian Vart is on Europa. Europa is the woman that Zeus seduces uh, when he comes down to earth as a white bull oh and she yes. even calls him like, oh, you're like Zeus. You're like yeah. a god who's yeah. come down to, to seduce a mortal woman. I do want to just call back to what you just mentioned, which was the fact that like he brings that up when he's about to orgasm. And I was like, did not put this together until you just mentioned that, that like he's living at all moments at all times. The motherfucker is orgasming constantly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's so happy. He's also shitting constantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, he's not coming all the time. So that's why he's blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thi- that, that's a good joke. One thing I think this did very well 
um, was show why someone like Angela or any person um, might be actually charmed by Dr. Manhattan. You wouldn't be charmed by Dr. Manhattan? After I knew that he had two relationships with girls and they were, you know, he's he's a fucking weirdo and he's done all these awful things. I, I think it's you a pretty... You married Tristan. It's a pretty <laughs> high bar. Yeah, but he didn't win the war in Vietnam strike against him. <laughs> didn't he? So one thing I also love-hated was the way that they filmed um, Dr. Manhattan. Because I think that the one the thing I hated was that they waited so long to show him in his full form. They waited so long to show his face. Because he had the a- reason why I liked it was because when they're doing like two shots of them sitting at the table, mm-hmm. you have this feeling of Angela is on her own. It's almost like sh- that, that Doctor Manhattan, in a way, isn't really there as a person. He's existing just as kind of like a timeline. And so it isn't like there are two people sitting across from each other. There's this other being and her having to kind of interact and respond to But didn't to they it. need to do that until he could take over Cal's body? Like, totally, to yeah. To do the Cal body thing? Because otherwise he wouldn't have Dr. looked Manhattan. like it. Can you do uh, face editing uh, software? Yeah, we've all seen Can that. you just make him look like Cal earlier Yeah, but on? don't you remember Batman versus Superman and Justice League with that mustache? I mean, yeah. they well, figured the, out well, that this, face the, reconstruction for the Irish. Zack Snyder ruins everything. The, the early um, Dr. Manhattan, when he's talking to her at the cafe, has not picked the cow face yet. Right. So that's why he doesn't you don't see that face. And you're saying why didn't they I, I use another person's it as face? As a practical reason, I also do believe that there are ways around Who that. played him in this in the movie? Uh, uh, it was uh what's his name? Really handsome guy. Oh, 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 oh no, it was uh, the guy who played the Flash's father in the Justice League movie. Um Oh no sh- uh, uh, uh Oh really? I yeah, was thinking uh, of the- what the fuck is his name? Jay Gargan. No, it's no, like no. Kevin he, something. No, it's, anyways, it's... Okay, yeah. but like, so to your point... He was which, an almost famous. He played the rock star. Okay, yeah. to your point, it was cheap. Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to your point, it's easier to not Keith fucking spend Billy? the money on it and just do some good photo editing or like uh, cinematography where you don't see it. I liked that because I thought it was like an interesting... Because I actually thought it was going to be weird to see... No explanation for why. I mean, again, it's not the movie anyway, but like obviously the guy who plays Cal does not look like the Dr. Manhattan from the comic book. Yeah. I did love um, that in 2009 when he goes to talk to Adrian Veidt and Adrian goes, you know, in 2009, you can't really do that. He's talking about yeah, like cultural so appropriation. That was very funny. That so was good. so well done. And it was interesting to me. That Angela, when they decide to like, he's gonna take over somebody who's like a John Doe type. Uh, that the first three that she shows him are like basically white guys and right. uh, ugly, arguably. Why are there so many fucking uh, women Dead named people. Angela and? Oh. In- mediums today i know i noticed i, I <laughs> thought about that too There's a lot of angelas i was uh, gonna say why are there so many dead people who no one has no they've got no family no records right no, right they're all four in the same like three <laughs> easy blocks. slotted yeah. pull out but i mean as a police officer sh- she would have access, have access to that to sure i believe that yeah. i'm just saying john like doe. at the same time there's like four that are no just but you know what it is i bet there's a john doe facility for dead bodies oh you're uh, probably right yeah. because like that way you can just keep sliding them out when you go and you're like yeah, yeah i think someone it, may have died that pol- i know can a, i check a look a police morgue a police morgue would have that yeah um yeah. so uh I, I was just gonna make a joke that uh tristan was your yeah. Oh God. Well, it's a little late for it. But, well, you lost that battle. Um, <laughs> other stray thoughts. Uh, we got to see some Manhattan dick. 
Oh, as yes, he's pulling finally. those babies out of the water, they for some reason decided to show it unnecessarily. <laughs> and they showed it again when he's just when he's Cal when yeah. he comes to uh, Karnakis. Oh, Karnakis his dick or was, uh, no, uh, Karnassus. Yeah. Karna- whatever, whatever. Adrian's uh, headquarters. Karnak. Karnak. Karnak in in in, in Antarctica. Yeah. And you get to see Cal's like girthy, Shh, that penis, girthy, straight, beautiful dick. Straight, straight thought. Uh, what is the casting process for this? Must submit like a dick pic with I it. I think that it is a fake. Uh, why would you say that on this podcast? I don't he know. Just, he's why not, would you ever say listening. that? It's the meme from Deep Space Nine. It's a fake. No, no, no. Well, look, if but it, look, I'm sad it, about it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have the penis, they've got prosthesis. That's, yeah. Or they could do uh, CGI editing. Well, why that was like, did you this? just? Why say, are you doing this on the podcast? What's the name of the guy that played Quicksilver and then he was also oh, yeah. kick-ass? That actually, Aaron Johnson Taylor. Or something he's a like good-looking guy. Aaron His penis is fucking tremendous. He yeah. was just in a movie and he did a bunch of full frontal noodle where he's like swinging his dick around. Okay, I'll it's look at something to look at later. That's a Quicksilver right <laughs> there. Um, so a couple of other observations. One, um, when uh, Doctor Manhattan goes to Adrian at uh, Karnak. When he Say asks him, right. Karna. No, Adrian. No, now I'm just doing Rocky. No, you're just doing Rocky. Adrian. <laughs> it's Adrian fight. Uh, to help him uh, have this life with Angela. So he does, she, they both don't know everything that's going to happen. Right. Uh, you find out that uh, Adrian actually already created something that was supposed to be the way to neutralize Dr. Manhattan back in 1985. That was plan A. He ended up doing plan B to try to destroy him, which I thought was a little weird, but it did evoke the uh, classic moment of, I did it 35 minutes right. ago. He says, I did it 30 years ago. Um, he could have named it, you know, it could have been his plan B. Plan B for brain and plan A for explosion. Assassination. <laughs> ah, explosion. Uh, a couple of others. One, um, when Adrian in the uh, post-credit sequence, I hope you guys all watched yes. that. Yep. Yes. Uh, when he's in the prison, he is reading a book that is fictional, that is only in the, match, uh, the Watchmen universe. It's called Fog Dancer. It's by Max Shea, who was the writer of the pirate comics Ooh. in the original graphic novel, and also mm. one of the creative types that Adrian um, ends up getting to create the squid monster that kills right. three million people in New York. Uh, and then lastly, the use of music. You mentioned Tunnel of Love. Yeah. Uh, but also there was love. a lot of... Uh, on-the-nose songs. On-the-nose songs. On the uh, classical compositions, including Rhapsody in Blue and The Blue oh, Danube. Yeah. Uh, and oh, God. And, I was, Mr. Blue Sky. I was watching that, yeah. I was yeah. watching that I'm show blue, with... I'm blue, daba dee I was watching the show with Rexy, our friend, and every fucking song that had blue in the name, he had to just scream out what it was. And that I'm sure that must have been a very pleasant experience. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So one one more episode left. Do we actually think that Doctor Manhattan's dead? Um, No, we see him in the next preview. So now, was that a flashback? Scenes from next week. We see. I don't think he's dead. I think that the thing did what he says it's going to do, which is teleport him into a box. It just teleported him. Yeah. And well, then they're, they're, they're going to find a way to use him then. Yeah. Because they're trying they to power just... up Keen with that ability. Exactly. I think he's going to be fine. He's <laughs> going to be fine. And it kind of annoys me that like he has to fall into the trap 
in order for his plan to well, work. Well, that's if, because if he, he could pro- just laser every single one of those stupid. That cars was a very cool action. And then go find them and then laser them all. If he could just do and knows what's going to happen and can do whatever you want, why did he even could, fall into the trap? Because welcome seemed, to Doctor Strange's Endgame. Like yeah. I feel like it's yeah, just in order for fall. everything to work out the way it's supposed to. He has. I to think play that's a good part. He the is. Thing. He is an example of predeterminism. Like everything has to happen the way it happens because he's living it already. Uh, or maybe not living it. Uh, like it just, he can't change anything because it, it's He's already happened. Existing it's existing. It's existing all the time. So one episode left. It'll be the end of the season. Lindelof has said that he's only got plans for one season. Although I did notice that a lot of HBO advertising is already saying like it's the end of season one, which I I think is very interesting that they would already be pushing. I didn't think that. they saw it in the season one. They just didn't say like and now the series. No, finale. no. In the um in like HBO when you go to like HBO Go. It says like there's like one episode left to season one. Like there's like it's very distinct about season one call out, which I find really interesting since it's considered a miniseries. I would figure that because it's on the platform, they have to call it season one. But I don't, I don't know. know. I, I feel like they want to after how successful. And I like to read been. between the lines and 9-11 was an inside job. I'm just saying. And Jeffrey Epstein can kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if they did a second season of Big Little Lies, they better do another right, fucking season exactly. of this. Do you, do you think the second season would just be about a uh, rubber band lube guy or whatever his if name is? If it's not, I'm going to be so angry. Is that all about? Like, or how could they possibly tie that up? It just like, means that vigilantes are just out if they never touch it again. Are still out there. Yeah. But. I'd like them it's to gotta touch be, upon it. It's got to be Petey. That skinny guy, right? Yeah, yeah skinny guy. Petey? Petey, yeah. It'll be Petey, so Petey. interesting little, to see if they... skinny Petey. But I also will love that they'll just to- toss that in, and they'll, he'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm a vigilante. And she'll be like, what the fuck? He shows up for the big final battle dressed as yeah. well, I remember... A, there's going to be a doorway. He's just going to slide under it and start slap, <laughs> wet slapping everyone. All the boats are going to slip right around him. <laughs> well, there were elements of uh, the leftovers, especially in the third season, that would just have these weird, yes. random flourishes. And totally. it's like, they never explained it. They're like... All right, this is just the world. Like I guess perfect we're gonna strangers. have to. Uh, that was a great fucking episode. I love that episode of Leftovers so much. It was so, so weird. weirdly was like sad and like tragic. So, uh, Star Wars. This is our segment. Boring. All right. Snoring. Star snores. All right. So we didn't get a chance to talk about Mandalorian last week. So there's been five episodes. We're past the halfway point of the series. And it's pretty good. I know you love it, Ryan. Yeah. If you could stop shitting on it, that'd be great. Um so yes, Baby Yoda is great, y'all. Right? Baby Yoda's yes. the best. Blah blah blah. We can move on from him. It's still <laughs> Tristan a says good show. He hates that that character because all he sees is a bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> and it's it, just Disney's just like find a way to make a small yeah. plushy character. The, that that backlash of the like, why the fuck? Are like Baby Yoda's not available right now. Like people are pissed on yeah. the street. People oh, are rioting. People right on now. the streets, <laughs> especially because it's Christmas time yeah, and like you know. No, the show is well done. I just feel it's so decompressed that it's not giving me much, even in what, a thirty why, to thirty-five why is minute. That bad? It's I, not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's just fine. It's not. It's not blowing me. I away. would have loved the show. I think if it was all released at once, I'm having a hard time. You need watching. to get out of your binge culture. And purge it millennial. from millennial. <laughs> I just no no no. no. Millennial. I, I think it's because, I don't want to work. Culture. I think it's because it's so decompressed that I would actually I would if I was able to just watch it all. Like if I could just get fucking super high 
and just watch it for like 12 hours, I think I would love it because it's so nice and casual. It's only 10 it's, hours. It's, it's a very relaxing show. Yeah. Well, no, but when your high time slows down. That's so. true. Um, but so, <laughs> so I was just like, I think that's what's killing me because like I have, I don't get excited to watch it. I don't get, I'm not, I'm not like, don't want to watch it. I think it's a high, it's, it's well done. It's like a nice little Western. It's nice slice of life. It reminds me a lot of like an anime where like the storyline hasn't fully kicked in yet. And I don't know if it ever will. And that's okay. If it doesn't, I just, I do wish for the sake of this slice of life. I wish there was a few more ongoing characters. I was definitely disappointed when our fucking girl, Ming-Na Wen was shot. Oh God. I know she's incredible. I even liked, I didn't like the seven samurai episode, episode four, but I did enjoy the woman that was in that. Like she was fine. I just like want a little bit more of her. I would love if Amy Sedaris traveled with them. Like I just want, (laughs) I just need a little bit more of a recurring. The been the best besides baby Yoda, the best part of the show. Cause that's what it like. Baby Yoda is great, but I'm like, I'm getting exhausted of their fun relationship. Here's why it's good. It is slice. What it what all you said is right. That's the good side and the bad side of it. So like it truly is the first time that you're actually seeing an expanded universe. Sorry, Solo yeah. and like other stuff before. Like, one. It hasn't like this is not connected to anything. Right. And then if they want this to be like uh, an expansive universe, they need more characters like this. Should it have more of a supporting cast? Yes, and that'll come later. Obviously. Yeah. But. <laughs> it is kind of funny. Every episode, he's like, "I work alone." Well, he doesn't say that. He wor- he's he's an outlaw. He works alone. He literally teams up with two people, and he's got a child with him. Right. Like it's just like outrageous how it, it feels very episodic totally, for something yeah. that's in in a binge culture. I know you're yeah. shitting on Adam, and I fully support that. By Thank the way, you. Thank you. Um, it, hey, it just make feels it real. I've got my glass table around the corner. <laughs> Gross! Oh, I don't wow! That. Don't kink shame. Well, me, I'll Kayla. be sitting under it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to join? Okay, I'll shit on you. <laughs> All right, Kinky Kong. Uh, I, I, yeah. The show it is it is good. It's quality. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Star Wars fans like myself or have been craving some, quality. Some, some argue that you're not, but continue. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> I will like throttle you like Darth Vader style. You're like a Star horror fan. Ah, Star Wars fan. Uh, it is it is good. I'm glad I'm glad it's there. There's like three more episodes left. I think there's going to be they're doing a special one right before Rise of Skywalker. That's going to do like either have a special preview or somehow link in into the movie because yeah. it's Disney and they fucking time Extended everything. Look or something like that. <laughs> There'll just but, be a lightsaber that shoots through the ground and be like, "Wow, that's lightsabers rising." <laughs> Maybe to go to Skywalker. Ew. <laughs> but uh, I have, uh, as I've said in previous podcasts, I have been consuming all the Star Wars stuff leading up to Rise of Skywalker. So I, I binged like. All of almost all of Clone Wait, Wars. Where are you at? What would you catch up to? Uh, I finished Rogue One, and cool. I'm like about uh, a little bit more movie. halfway through with Rebels, which is very good, by the way. Rebels is a great yep. cartoon. Clone Wars um, made the prequel trilogy palatable because ah. the movies are fucking awful. Like yeah. I watched the first two, worse than I remember. I watched all of well the first first five seasons of Clone Wars because that's where it ends on the cliffhanger right. uh, with uh, Asaka uh, uh, Ahsoka Tana. They're making a new one, right? They yeah. are. They're doing a, the seventh season to like well, wrap everything. Spoil it because I haven't watched. Uh, it. Well, they do. Uh, so the, and the sixth season is just like sort of like standalone adventure. So oh. I, I haven't watched that yet. So I'm just gonna wait till season seven yeah. comes out. Um, and it gives like it's it's one like the the voice acting is better than the actual acting in the prequels, <laughs> which is a low bar. I know. It flushes out the world. Like, the world building is so well done. And 
it reminds you of the futility of the Clone Wars. Uh, so much so that like this is all going to end in tragedy, and it just like this is a kids' cartoon, and it makes you feel that. And then when I got to Rebels, there's an episode in the third season. Rebels where takes place when between episodes three and four. So ah. it, it's all about uh, how these various Rebel cells are all coming together to join uh, to create the rebellion. Okay. And there's a lot of great Easter eggs. They bring in a lot of different characters. They actually have an extended universe character, uh, Admiral Thrawn. Oh, uh, they yeah. make him they make him into canon. Thrawn which is huge. Thrawn yeah. is fucking great. Uh, and there's an episode in the third season of Rebels that they have some uh, droids left over from the Clone Wars that still think the, the wars are happening. And so they're fighting uh, this rebel cell, and then one of them, uh, one of them now is uh, one of the clones that didn't go bad, Rex. And uh, the main character, Ezra, tells them, look, both of you, both sides were manipulated by the Emperor into fighting each other. You're both right and you're both wrong. And it's it's like it's a nice like sort of coda to the Clone Wars. And I just think there's such sophistication in the story of what what is ultimately a kid's cartoon. Like I that's the stuff I want to see moving forward in Star Wars. So if Ma- if the Mandalorian is part of that, great. If there's more series coming down the pike for Disney Plus, I think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. The movies in some ways are almost the worst part of Star Wars. And this sort of serialization, I think, is where all of this should go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree. And then I, uh, uh, just really quickly, I, I rewatched Rogue One for the first time in the last few, uh, I, I saw it like, what, three years ago, whenever it came out. It's such a surprising movie because that movie sh- is better than it has any right to be because none of the characters are that compelling except for uh, K2SO, uh, the droid. Well, it's because the main girl just resists the call of the journey until two-thirds of the way into the movie. So all she's doing is just being told, go here, do this, right. and she takes no agency of her own. She doesn't make decisions until the very end where she decides, I'm going to join the Rebellion. Yeah. I still, I really enjoy that movie. The last third of the movie is so well done. I mean, the action, the special effects, all of it looks really great. It's just, the characters are just, they're, they're ciphers for the most part. Yeah, they're all archetypes. For uh, some reason, it just kind of hit. I really enjoyed uh, that. But it's my the, favorite Star Wars movie. The last 45 minutes are really fucking great. Uh, it is like, it, it reminds me of the end of Return of the Jedi when there's like the action really weaves in from Endor to space to on the second Death Star. And like, like it, it does a nice job of weaving yeah. all that together. It's also the most terrifying use of Darth Vader since Empire Strikes Back. Which everybody fucking just ate up. Also, Solo was better than I remembered. I I do think that Solo got I because I had low expectations for Solo, so I walked away from it feeling like okay, I see yeah. another movie, like, yeah, and I was fine. really disappointed that everybody yeah, shit on it and okay. it got canceled. Yeah. I think the lead was just really bad. Oh, uh, uh, he was no, he yet. was actually pretty good. Uh, uh, he was, leave him in Baby Driver. He was fucking amazing. Leave him in Baby Driver. Was he there? Was he in Baby? He was no. Baby Driver. No, no, no that's different. Not. That's a different. Uh, well, that Baby Driver is very. Does fun. Baby Driver yeah. know Baby Yoda? Are they friends? Yeah. Nobody puts Baby Yoda in corner. I'd like Baby Pilot to meet them. Too. <laughs> All right. So uh, next week we're gonna we've got five issues of Dawn of X as Damn. I mentioned earlier. We have the season, hopefully not series finale of Watchmen. Maybe hopefully season fin- series if finale. I hope God. series. Yeah. May- maybe unless there's a more of a story to be told. Let's and then, argue about it next week. And absolutely. And then we will uh, do. <laughs> do you think we can make it? <laughs> we will do the last uh, uh, portion of Star Wars before going into Rise of Skywalker, which is coming out on December 19th. Woo! And um, Secret Santa. 
And Secret Santa, most importantly. Thank you, You're Adam. You're all on pins and needles, jingle I'm sure, bells, to figure out what we're all buying each other. Uh, so we've been need just a spaghetti container that we'll put uh, Ryan's hand in. It'll just be mustard. Uh, no, it'll be Christmas mustard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite condiment, Christmas mustard. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we've been Homo Superior. Find us on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Interact with us on Twitter and on Instagram. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Blue dick. <laughs>